Welcome, future leaders. This is the audacity to be great, where we focus on real life situations and solutions for the modern day entrepreneur. I'm your host, Teray Young, lifestyle entrepreneur for over 10 years. Let's get it. What's happening? This is Torre. You're now tuned in to the audacity to be great. I am your host and I am excited to be able to be putting out our second podcast. Last week was our first. It was focusing on vision. It was my truth. It was my vulnerability. And I also want to just give a public thank you to everyone who paid attention to it. And also, I'm extremely humble for those people who gave me the feedback. I believe greatness to me is finding areas of your life where you're weak and constantly improving. So without your feedback, to me, I wouldn't be trying to go to my greatness. So I I appreciate you guys so much. Well, I got part of the feedback that I received from last week was one of those individuals, uh, quite few people wanted to know how to get started. So some of my seasoned vets who've tuned into the podcast, you know, this may not necessarily be 100% for you, uh, but it's definitely for those who are still sitting on the sidelines, still questioning why they haven't moved forward, still questioning or putting aside their dreams because they have not made that decision to do so. So the topic today is why haven't you gotten started? I can tell you right now, Getting started is much easier than one can ever imagine. First, it's also about just taking a step. That's first and foremost. But truthfully, once we made that decision, we start having to have action behind it. Being able to start a business is easy. Let me say that again. Starting a business is easy. And what has to be on the minds of most people is they have to realize that it is better to be prepared for the opportunity, then to have the opportunity and not be prepared. So what? Starting this business may stay dormant for a while. So what? You don't have a revenue coming in yet. So what? That your product is not actually launched yet. That does not mean that you're not in position to be able to be prepared for opportunities that will come. I'm going to give you guys some steps exactly where to go how to get started, what to look for, what to um, look into, and more importantly, how you know that moving forward, when you're ready to start making action steps, you are already prepared for the opportunity. So in pretty much every state, there is some type of government entity that allows business violence to take place. In most states, there are considered to be secondary a state uh, that is the entity that allows you to register your business, among other things. And there are other organizations or government agencies as well who do the exact same thing. Um, However, before we start going off on a pen and a pad to filling out paperwork, we need to identify what type of business we actually truly want to be and the classification of what that looks like. I do recommend speaking to a business attorney first, not for you to give your money up, but to get a better understanding looking for the long term play. I recommend this because it makes sense that you may want to be classified on the state level as one classification, but you may want to be taxed differently on a federal. And so you need to understand what that play looks like. Once you take these first couple steps, it's important to know how you're going to operate yourself. If for whatever particular reason you do not take this step, no worries. You can obviously reclassify at a later time. 
But if you're someone that kind of got a feel that you're about to start doing business right away, I do recommend that you start um, doing that research from the start before you go classify with the Secretary of State whatever government agency that is in your state. These particular buildings are located somewhere in the city capital of your state. And of course, if you're not uh, living in the city capital of your state, that does not mean that you don't have access to it. Obviously, online is a huge presence nowadays. And you'll be surprised that filling out the application could be as minimal of $99 could go up to about 125. Each date may vary, give or take, but it may take about, I wanna say, maybe between three and four days for you to even get a response back. Um, they may typically say a week or two. However, what I found is, is that online is actually moving a lot faster. And or you can go through the process of using mail, um, which would put you closer to the seven to 10 day mark before you hear or be able to physically see your particular registered business. When you go on their particular site, it has the ability to actually type in businesses search. So you kind of get a feel that if anyone in your particular market is sharing your name, sometimes you may have a very great name. However, you'll find that there may be a company federally having the same name, but registered in your state, they may not necessarily have it. So. You might want to do a little bit of research with that. But now that we've kind of understand where to go to file, we need to have an understanding what type of classification are we doing. Are we a business for profit or nonprofit? And when we're identifying that, that means are we becoming a corporation? Are we a limited liability? Are we a partnership? Are we looking to get into real estate trust, business trust? There's quite a few different organizations or classifications you may want to think about. And that's the reason why you want to do a little homework and possibly look out for a business attorney. And I recommend not just any business attorney, a business attorney that's specialized in your industry, because, of course, uh, you can learn and find out a lot more about how other people in your market are actually operating their business for the best maybe tax write offs or best business models or setup. And it can actually bridge you closer because you can create a network of influence of people who are doing the exact same thing you're doing. Now, the thing is, is that before setting that appointment, you do want to have a list of questions to ask that particular attorney. And you're not going to come in there with the mindset that you're wet behind the ears. You definitely want to come in there as you've done your homework, much more confident in having these conversations where you're interviewing this particular attorney because you want him to have your business at some time in the near future. And even if you do not choose to use this particular person, you want them to take you serious. They'll typically give you 15, 20 minutes of your time. And if you have great conversation, you'll find that you may even get an hour and learn a lot more about your business that you may not even be prepared or even aware of. So that's definitely a little token you guys got to keep in mind. Now that we've now moved to knowing the classification that we may actually choose when we're registering for the Secretary of State, they typically have a lot of information online to show you step by step what to do. You now want to actually separate your social security number from the entity you just created. And one of the ways of doing that is applying for a EIN number. And if you've never heard of that, that's nothing more than an employer identification number. It now attaches a social security number, I guess, or identification number to your business and puts you in a position where you now can be able to open up a business account on the entity alone. 
without having your personal social security attached to it. Now, it's funny because at this point we are about $100 in, um, give or take, in regards to starting the paperwork. If you were to, let's just say, if you were to go to a bank um, to open up a business account, you will need two forms. Not only your ID, but you will need two forms of documentation. Those two form documentation is the registration of your business in your state and, of course, your SS4 form that is received from the IRS. Now, be very careful when you're going online for organizations or people who are soliciting your business to be able to apply to get you your EIN number. They are charging you a fee and it's free. It's nothing more than going to www.irs.gov and being able to put in a search EIN and the application voila appears. And while you're filling that out, at the end of that particular application, in a matter of 60 seconds, you'll be able to identify, they'll associate your business and be able to provide you with an EIN number on an SS4 form. Now, it's important for you to make sure you save that because once that website, once that page is gone for security purposes, it will no longer be able to be provided to you. The next time you receive something like that would be in the mail. So if you're looking very quickly to get started with one, I do recommend it. I remember how I started a nonprofit organization. I was pitching a program to a school. Um, I was very young and uh, unaware what the steps were. And literally, I was given a $12,000 check after the conversation was over to start my pilot program with a, a childhood friend of mine. And the funny thing about it, we didn't even have a business, a checking account. So I couldn't even cash the check. So I had to go through this process and learn it. So that just goes to show you whether you are in a position now to start making moves or whether you've already started making moves. You don't always have to be in the same order or sequence to start this process. But it's those individuals who are going against the myth of they need to have a lot of credit or they need to have money to get started. Well, there's a few little dollars that are involved, but more importantly, if you're passionate behind it, this right here push you closer to your dreams and goals and aspirations. Now do you say to yourself, how in the world, after I got my business license, I got my, I can be able to do business in my state, I now have my EIN number, I have my bank account, and now there's a possibility within your bank account you may have to require to open up that account with just a hundred bucks. Now, most business checking accounts will probably require you to have a minimum balance of 1500 where they won't charge you a fee for actually having the account. But to start a $100 account, there you have it. Now, if you don't have a product and don't want to start a business account, that's fine. It doesn't necessarily hurt you. It just delays the process if someone wants to pay you for your services well before you're prepared. So, so when you now have... Uh, these uh, things, the bank account, it's really important for you to start doing research on the Department of Taxation. You want to find out if your industry that you're in is uh, required to collect or charge sales tax. Very important to understand that. It's also important to understand that you may require to receive or apply for a vendor's license. Now, to apply for a vendor's license shouldn't be a cost. And if it is, it's very minuscule. But it is a way to classify you as a person who has the license to collect taxes for the government and turn in at a month to month period. And these are nothing more than based off your revenue. Prime example, one of my second businesses that I started was a facility maintenance company. 
And after a while, not really truly knowing this, I was making money, but didn't realize my silent partners. And one of my particular clients I was making money on, I wasn't even charging sales tax as I was unaware. I thought it was a school institute. They didn't have to get sales tax, char, and they didn't provide a sales exempt form sheet. So for me, I just assumed. But once I received information that they're required, I didn't want to come back to the customer and look unprofessional in the process. They were we had already committed to having a budget to what we were going to stay. A signed contract was agreed upon. And due to my negligence and due to my ignorance, I was now having to be responsible for taking profit out of my own pocket now to pay for the sales tax that this customer was supposed to pay for. So if you don't want to find yourself in those particular situations, I do recommend you do some homework. The next step after you identify that you have or are responsible for taxation for the services that you may provide, you want to kind of look at the BWC which is nothing but the Bureau of Workman's Compensation. It is typically just an insurance policy for those individuals who may get hurt on the job. Now, if you're not a person who's going to be thinking about having employees right away, you want to hold up to think that you still may not be responsible for the BWC. Your state or even your industry that you do business in may require you to still have to file a BWC. Now, you will probably say in your right mind, how in the world or why in the world would I file a workman's comp claim on myself? That's true. That goes right back into the silent partners where you have to learn how to pay to play. And most of the time, depending upon your industry, you can look it up or you can even call a professional. They'll even give you an idea what your rate is. And typically, you know, your rate will probably be a lot less than, let's say, your employees. But for the most part, you may be required. And typically how BWC operates, uh, which is the Bureau of Workman's Compensation, they operate pretty much in six months increments. And it's always in arrear. So it's based off of what you've done over a period of time. And that's typically how many employees you have and what, how many wages did you operate within that time frame. So that gives you an idea how the BWC goes. And you also want to look at insurance loan. You know, that's another additional cost that you may have to pay if you're talking about going right out in the gate. Um, they may require you, depending upon what type of insurance or liability that you need to have for your business, if you need to have it. But depending upon if you do need to have insurance on your particular business, you may have to be required to put down 20 percent down. And the rest of the payments will be considered to be installments unless you decide to pay for your, your policies up front. And typically you can save some money that way if you do it that way, where uh, or if you decide to have it come an ACH out of your account, they give you many plethora options for you to do with that. So I guess the one other agency that you may want to look into that you may have to classify yourself with is pretty much an un unemployment compensation certif uh, certification. You may be required to uh, report and get an actual account number. And typically, once you get an account number, it associates your business to whatever payroll service that you're providing for your staff. And if your staff would ever go to be unemployed, now you definitely want to check your state. They have guidelines where if you had to pay unemployment, you just want to check out the requirements so you understand how to govern your business, where you can try to save as much money as possible, especially when you may have people in your staff that you want to get rid of and don't want to fall victim of paying unemployment. You may want to make sure you understand the rules and how to actually play in that lane. So those are pretty much the basis of really getting started. And outside of possibly talking about, you know, UPS as an example of your business, when you're focusing on your address, you know, when you're filling out your paperwork for your SS4 form through the IRS, it's really important to know that you want to have a stable address that you can receive documentation. And I say that to say 
when you're uh, developing your business and you're probably renting or if you um, you can't use P.O. box addresses, um, but you want to have a stable address. And if you want to even paint the picture of how you're going to look, a good example is possibly going to UPS, which they may only charge between $90 every six months for you to be able to have a physical address that you can actually go to if you don't have a brick and mortar or you don't have a, an address that has a stable scenario where you could see yourself moving here in the next couple of years. So right now we're about $380 in and depending upon what your policy is for your insurance, you could be looking at another couple hundred bucks. So what we're saying is under $500, you can pretty much get started and at least be prepared and stay dormant. It's really a form. I mean, and if you choose to stay dormant, what's interesting about that is, is that when you're applying for credit cards, business cards, or when you're applying for business or you're applying for association, they may want to ask specifically, you know, how long you've been in business. And for those who are looking to actually get start their business uh, credit from the start, which is what I truly recommend, you may require to apply or get a Dun & Brad number. And that is basically going on to the Dun & Brad Credibility Corp corporation and you apply for a Dunn's number. A Dunn's number is pretty much how they will pull your information or your credit file for your business. That's exactly what a Dunn's number is. It allows you to not only focus on how big your, you know, how many employees you have. You may have to do like a profile sheet. This costs a little money. It doesn't cost to receive a Dunn's number, but it definitely costs if you want to start patenting your particular business credit file. And that is something that I can have a conversation on another podcast where I can go very specific on exactly how to build your business credit. And it's really important to, like I said, to get started and get started right where you are. Stop sitting back saying that you don't have the time, you don't have the resources, or this is not working out for you. I can tell you my story is that when I first started my business, and it actually happened during the worst time of my life. It happened when I lost my house. I lost my car. I was on default on my credit cards. I was dead flat broke with a, a wife who was pregnant with a, uh, our only son at the time. And at this point, I'm trying to be an entrepreneur. You know, there was nothing on the wall to say, go this way. It's just that I saw a need and I wanted to fill it. And that's pretty much the, the characteristic of an entrepreneur is finding the need and obviously bringing a solution to it. And some of the greatest things that's happened in life has always has happened in a sense of a downward cycle. Most people who invest in real estate, you know, do extremely well during that time frame when the economy tanks. There's also room for opportunity and growth. And so when you realize at the worst point is the best time to start businesses, then that means that where you're presently at can't be any worse than a depression state or during a time where the economy is not as strong. Let's stop using the means for you not to be able to move forward. And the idea sometimes is also the perception of what you look like. So let's say, for example, it's 2018, you decide to do all the steps that I just gave you today and you don't start actually start putting your product out until two or three years from down the line. When you're starting to fill out applications to try to get business lines of credit or when you're starting to look to be a part of associations on applications, they typically ask you how long you've been in business. Well, as long as you've registered your business, you can draw back from that time frame. Hey, you may even want to be in a position where each year that you file, 
even if you had no income coming in. And the reasons why is that you may want to paint your narrative to use that as a means of income if you're looking to purchase a home so they can actually take that income as a means of the income ratio. And according to the books, you need to have two years of tax returns for this particular business to even acquire it or even be able for the, the, the loan officer to accept your this particular form of revenue as income to your debt to income ratio. So sometimes you have to not only just it's better, like I said, to be prepared for the opportunity than to sit back and wait for the opportunity and not be prepared altogether. And this is pretty much exactly how you should get started. You know, getting started right where you are, not looking to the left, not looking to the right, but just continue to make progress. You know, the biggest thing is, is that is it scary? Yes, it is. But today's world is scary when you got kids shooting up schools, when you have um, chaos going and pursuing everywhere you go. Is there anything that you can rely on? Is there anything that you can sit up here and hold your hat to say this is for sure? I don't think so. But i tell you one thing. It's okay to close your eyes. Half the things you see anyway is not real. Just remember to still take a step. Stop being late to the appointment that you benefit from. Stop putting people or opportunities and things and situations in front of your destiny. As I always say when we close out, stay true to yourself. Show love. Get healed. Level up consistently. Become the bank. Be intentional. Most importantly, influence positive change. Appreciate the support. Remember, you can follow me at Money Industry. Stay tuned to that. Know that I'm going to continue to be pushing out content for the next particular podcast where I'm actually going to show you guys how to scale your business using the art of perception versus reality. How you can stay on the borderline of still having high integrity and still get the world to see you exactly how you want them to see you. I'll see you guys later. We out.